Hello, my name is Michelle O'Brien, and I will, having, I will be having a conversation with Biani Garcia for the New York City Trans Oral History Project in collaboration with the New York Public Library's Community Oral History Project. This is an oral history project centered on the experiences of trans-identifying people. It is July 13th, 2017, and this is being recorded at the Make the Road New York office in Queens. Hello. Uh, tell me about your childhood. Where did you grow up? Well, um, I'm Bianca Garcia. I'm a transgender um, from Mexico. And the most I know from my childhood is being happy, being a, just a child. Yeah. Where in Mexico are you from? Um, Veracruz, Mexico. I born in Veracruz, Mexico. Mm -hmm. And what was your family like? Um, my mom is very religious. Um, she used to um, go to church and you know, put some flowers and you know, the Mexican culture. Um, but my father is a little bit like a little bit machista, machista. But I feel comfortable with that. Um, I've been dealing with that for a long time, and they changed it. What kind of work did they do when you were growing up? Um, they are teachers. Mm -hmm. My father is a math teacher and my, um, my mom is um, social justice or a social um, teacher. Of like high school or children? Um, high school. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how long did you live in Veracruz? I live in Veracruz. Well, I born in Veracruz and after... I moved to to Chiapas when I had, when I was seven or eight years. I moved to um, Chiapas. No, it's um, Chiapas have um, you know different um, places to live, and we moved to um, Comitán de Dominguez. That is a beautiful place to live. Why did your family move? Um, because work. Yeah. Um, you know, they are teachers and they decide to go to Chiapas to work and, you know, a new life, to start a new life. Yeah. Did you have brothers and sisters? I have, um, I have a sister that is older than me, uh, I have a brother than me, and then uh, my other brother that is here in New York, um, mm -hmm. and my little brother um, that is called um, Daniel. <laughs> What were you like as a teenager? Oh, well, um, actually I was so shy person. I was a person that doesn't like to go out. I, I was a person that I don't like to talk to no one or play soccer games or um, play with other kids. I was so shy. So um, what would you do? Um, I stay in my room. Uh, like drawing, mm -hmm. um, sometimes riding or reading, my bicycle. Um, what did you like to read? Some books, um, you know, cuentos, Mexican cuentos, and I love that. Yeah. Do you remember any of your favorite books? I don't. I don't. I really don't. Yeah. So how long were you in Chiapas? Oh my god, I, I went there for when I was eight, so I moved to 
Tijuana when I was 14, so that's mm -hmm. mean like five years. Did your family move or did you no, move I alone? Just, I, I move alone. Yeah. What, why, what led you to move to Tijuana? <laughs> that is where my life started. Yeah. Um, it was a day when my friend, my transgender friend um, and my two other friends, that they was gays and I, we were um, outside of my house and this was in Chiapas? Yes. Yeah. So two two men um, came from came up from from a from a car and then they start beating my friend, my trans friend, and they kill her. Yes, simple reason because she was a trans. This was when you were fourteen? Mm-hmm. Oh. I was fourteen. Um after that I was so scared, I cried a lot, but they tell us if you go to the police or do a report or testify, you're gonna be killed. So we run. And after two days, I found out that my two other friends were killed. So they was looking for me. But they, they didn't know that that, they, that that incident was in front of my house. So after that, they found out that I live in front of, of where the um, incident happened. And they went to my house and look, they was looking for me. And, and after that, um, it was like 4 p.m. My mom told me, you have to go, you have to to go, because if you, if you stay, they're going to kill you. Um, I cry, I give a big hug to my mom, she gave me my documents, she gave me some money, and I told her that I was gay at that time, and she told me it's fine, I know that already. But my father was like, hmm, you know. She has a um, different perspective of being a gay boy. Um, I moved to, to Tijuana. It was hard because I didn't know anyone. Can, can I ask a little bit more about <laughs> Chiapas? So um, you had a trans friend and you, you said to your mom that you were gay. Were you in a community of other, did you know other gay and trans people? No, Chiapas? actually, as I told you the first um, time, yeah. I was so shy. So yeah. my only two or three friends, they, they was... Yeah, was so famous. you just had a small number of yeah. friends. Yeah. Um, so I went to school and I don't like to talk to anyone yeah. or some of them um, that identify as a gay. And sometimes I talk to them, but not like many friends. So you made a very small circle yeah. of other gay and trans friends. Mm -hmm. And the men who killed your friends, um, were they, do you know anything about what their, what their scene was? Were they, were they the kind of people you'd see around or were they from your area? Or? I think they, um, um, they met my, 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 my friend, my trans friend in a party. Mm -hmm. And then one of them, um, 
she was um, dancing and one of them came and you know take her out to, to dance and everything and after like when she was dancing um, she told um, him that she was in trance yeah. and then he was so angry of that because all their friends was laughing yeah. and they tell her um, that I'm gonna kill you that is yeah. the only thing that she remembered. Yeah. Um, and after two days or three days, she would see her. She would. Yeah. yeah. So you, your mom, was supportive and concerned yeah. about you. Yeah, all the time. As yeah. Every single mom, I think, they are super supportive. They love um, their sons and yeah. daughters, and they are supportive. So you moved to Tijuana? Yep, I moved to Tijuana when I was 14. So I don't know anyone. I just decided to call and not tell my mom where I was. Um, it was difficult the first days because I had to sleep on the... On the, um, on the streets in church but there is no other place to 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 go uh, and then i found a, a a gay boy again and he was super gay was very nice and everything wait he was what he was gay yeah i found him uh, and he told me um what are you doing here what are you don't do you have family i explained him what happened and he told me okay so I'll go to my apartment um, he took me to his apartment and I started a new life, um, not as a partner, but as a friend with him. Hmm. Um, and he told me, you want to work? What do you want to do? You know, to school? And I was like, I want to work. But at that time, at age of uh, 14, it was difficult to, to get a job. Hmm. So he was 18, 19, I think. And he gave me his documents, a copy of his documents, and I don't know what he did on his documents. And I started working with his documents. Mm -hmm. um, for about eight months, I started working, uh, paying the rent, you know, hanging out with him. What kind of work were you doing? Um, in a factory. Mm -hmm. It was a factory. It was. Um, JBC JVC mm -hmm. um, factory and it was good I mean what were you doing in the factory um, there's um, TV mm -hmm. and I was you know um, doing some work with uh, cakes and all kind so electronics mm -hmm. electronic yeah. systems yeah. yeah why do you think your friend helped you because I share my, my history or my testimony or my story with him and he, he decided to help me. But his dream is to come to New York. Yeah. I was, I was talking to him one day and he said, um, my dream is to go to New York. I have a sister there and I want to go and I'm working so hard to get money and, you know, close the border. Okay, I could and 
and go there. I was like, New York sounds good. What was New York to you at that time? What did you imagine New York was like? What I'm seeing on TV shows, Spider-Man, um, I think that New York was a great city, a great opportunity to, to start a new life. Because I know from that time that I, was, I want to become a, a trans woman. But I wasn't available to do it in Mexico because it's much small, and I was scared. I was a kid. Yeah. So after working so hard, um, eight months, eight nine nine months, I don't remember. Um, I decided to cross the border with him. We pay a fare there. We was and um, on a night, uh, like six nights on the desert. Oh. Um, it was a difficult experience. I don't. I I feel that no one deserves what I've had. Because it is so difficult. How much did the coyote cost? I don't remember. It was like. Um, like four hundred. $4,000. And how much were you making at the factory? Um, they pay me like mil dollars, like mil, mil pesos, it's like $100 now. Okay. For per, per month? week. Per week, okay. So that's what, how, how long would you have to work to? Oh, yeah. Um, a lot. Yeah, so that's like uh, almost have, a year's pay. Yeah, because yeah. I have like to work extra an hour and then mm. another job. Yeah. It was difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And the six days in the desert, so many, many people die in the desert. Yeah. It's very dangerous. It is what? dangerous. I was 14. I was so scared. Yeah. And... But you know, I had my friend there, he was older than me, and he always like, he got my back and everything. Mm -hmm. And Were you with a group? Yeah. A large group? It was like 20 people um, mm -hmm. that was trying to cross the border. And that I remember when the person that was leading us told us, we're almost there, in like two hours we there. Uh, where the place where someone is going to um, pick us up. Mm -hmm. So, two after two hours, we arrived to the place, and then um, two two vans came to to the place and pick us up. Mm -hmm. And we was lucky because um, the other um, van that came first um, was stopped by by. Uh, by the migra, so mm -hmm. and then we just pass. So another van was stopped yeah. of the people that you had gone with, yeah. and they were. Do you know? You heard that they had stopped, been stopped by. Yeah, they were stopped, and we don't. Yeah. And they get deported. Yeah. It was difficult, but we, um, but I'm sorry, I didn't share, um. When we was in the desert, um, there was uh, people that 
Rograss. There was like ladrones. I don't know how to say ladrones in English. Um, but they, they stole our water, our um, clothes, money, everything. So thieves or bandits. Yes. Yeah. Um, and we lost everything. Yeah. We just have like two bottles of water for 20 people. And we have to... One night when the water is gone, we have to drink water from, from a place where um, cows and um, horses drink water. Yeah. And it was so difficult. Like, I was like, how people do this? Yeah. But it was a hard yeah. decision to make. But now I'm here. Yeah. After two, we arrived to New York. Um, but where did the vans take you first? I don't remember. It was in a hotel where yeah. we was for a day, and then they split us to every single person. Yeah. Where we we want to go. Um, and did you go directly to New York? Yeah, they they take us to New York. Yeah. Um, my friend and I would take us. They take us to New York, and they leave us at. Um, Times Square. Because yeah. we have nowhere to go. Because yeah. we lost everything. We lost um, my friend contact um, information. So he said, we don't know how to you know, get in touch with her sister. Wow. Because we lost everything. So yeah. it was on January. It was so cold that we didn't have like, any jacket and everything. This is like 2004, 2005? 2005. Yeah. Um, I moved to New York so that year too. Cold. Yeah. The, um, so we started uh, like, you know, sleeping or on mm -hmm. the train station, like homeless for about three days. And then we found a, a a lady that take us to to a church that was on 14th Street, I think, hmm. and we was there for two days. And after that, my friend remember um, his sister phone number. He called her, and her sister went to pick us up. Yeah. Um, we just were like for two hours, one hour, I don't remember, and she bring us to Queens. Mm -hmm. um, I think that it was a good uh, experience of being undocumented, of you know crossing the border, and experience every bad things that happens to us. And we start a new life. Mm -hmm. I started working in a, in a restaurant that it's called HK. It's on Thirty Nine and Ninth Avenue. As a dishwasher. As a what? As a dishwasher. Okay, yeah. Um, where was, um, it, did you live with his sister? Mm -hmm. I lived with her. Where did she live? Um, she lived on 103rd Street. Is that Jackson Heights? Uh, Corona. Okay, Corona, yes. Yeah. Um, but after one month, well, at least less than one month, she was. She was super homophobic. 
Oh, wow. And she told me um, that I was trying to, um, to, I don't know how I say, uh, convertir a, a su primo and gay. Even he was gay, but she didn't know that he was gay. And he was saying, she was saying that I was her, um, his boyfriend. And I was like, no, we are friends. And then she told me you have to go. And I was like, it was easier to throw you out than admit her brother was gay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I was like, I need to talk to to Eduardo, and he and she was like, no, you should go now. You have to go now. I packed my stuff, and I went out. I started living outside again. That's not homeless, but I was working. Sure, so, dishwasher, okay. So I decided to do, um, you know, double turn of work from mm-hmm. morning to night because they closed like around 4 a.m. So from night to 8, so I have like, you know, time to be inside places because it was all cold. Um, after that, because um, I was, my English is like not too well, but at that time it was like a little bit um, less than, than now. And the manager of the restaurant told me, uh, you want to do uh, like a basketball work on the floor? I was like, yeah, I want to do that. Um, and I started doing um, different work. A bass boy. I started to do that. I met, I met a man, a Colombian man. He was like forty years old. I was almost sixteen. Um, he got in love with me. He helped me um, bring me flowers, chocolates, and. I told him that that I was homeless and he told me you wanna go to my apartment? I live alone. I was like, no, I'm okay. I'm I'm gonna try to find some other place. But after being outside in the cold weather, I decided to move to there. Because mm-hmm. I didn't want to live outside. Where were you sleeping when you were on the trains? On the trains, yeah. yeah. And then you I made, think, did you know anyone else in New York at this no. point? You had been around for a month or so. Yeah, or almost months. a month. Yeah. So you were very isolated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was by myself. I don't know anyone. And I think the decision that, decision that, we made, that I made, it was my bad decision because I went to live with him from now to one month he was super nice he was super sweet but after that he changed a lot he started calling me Daniel he started um, saying me or taking me pictures and putting putting them on on, on media 
social media or you know uh, pages where people are looking for sex other for albums stuff like that and I was like I don't want pictures like that I don't feel comfortable and he take me to his home and when I put my feet inside there I never come out after seven months I was there all the time for about seven months I was in that house never never went out you were not able to leave? no because yeah. he always was telling me if you go out uh, the police is gonna take you because you are undocumented so you would frighten me yeah yeah so I was like but that is not New York New York is different. And me dijo, yeah, New York is different. This is New Jersey. I was like, okay. So I explained to him that I want to work. And he told me, no, you're not going to work. Um, after like one more month, he told me that something happened in Colombia and he needs a lot of money and I was like okay let me let me work and he was like no you're undocumented you don't have documents and if you go out um, the police or ICE is gonna take you I was like okay so what if, what can I do and then he started telling me that I need to do sex work I was like I don't wanna do that and he told me, I need a lot of money. And he told me, do you love me? I was like, yeah, I love you, but I'm not going to do that. And he told me, okay, if you love me, you have to do that. I was like, no. Um, he beat me many times. He pushed my face on the, on the mirror. And he treated me super bad. He always told me you are nothing, you are undocumented, um, you are an illegal person. And he told me if you don't do sex work, I'm gonna call the police and ICE is gonna take you back to your country because you are a fucking illegal person. I was scared of going back to Mexico. And I shared my, my whole life with him, what happened in Mexico. And I am doing sex work for him. He doesn't give me anything, no money. Even he gave me like three condoms a day. And I have to do all work with different men, like 10 men every day. So I have to decide where I'm going to use the condom. Would he set up the clients? Yeah. yeah. That was what he was doing. Yeah. And then I found many pictures of others. Um, other guys or... Same like me. Yeah. Like with my body and... I don't know what happened to them. 
I don't know if they escape, I don't know if they... something else. Um, I do sex work for about seven months, but after seven months I get so tired of doing that. Um, some of the clients told me I want to do sex uh, with you without condoms. So I tell them if you want to do that, you have to give me money. You have to um, give me a little, uh, a little bit more money. Mm -hmm. But you don't give it to him, you I give it to me. So they give me some extra money. I, I work for like two months doing without condoms. I don't care about um, AIDS or um, HIV. I don't care about that. I just want to go out. Yeah. It was one night when he was drunk. He gets so drunk. And I was like kicking or trying if he was awake. And he doesn't wake up. So I decided to take my documents, um, to take the key, and pack some clothes that I have and I took a cup and I went back to Queens. Where was he living? I don't know. Because no. that's why I'm telling you that the first day when I put my feet inside of his house I never Yeah. So you didn't but you managed to make it back to Queens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I take to the I tell to to the driver take me back to Queens, New yeah. York, and he tell me it's like two hours. Oh wow! And he told me you have money to pay that, and I was like, "Cuánto me vas a cobrar? How much you gonna um charge me for that?" And he told me three hundred dollars. Um, here, let's yeah. take me. I was so tired. I was so scared. I get sleep. In the car, so he wake me up when I he was on um, Johnson Boulevard in Roosevelt Avenue, and he told me, "Levántate, I wake up, we here." And it was two hours of driving. Yeah. And I start a new life being here. New. Again, but I have some money, so I can do I will rent an apartment or rent a room or whatever. I was um, walking on Roosevelt Avenue, and then I found a little document that you can find there saying Seventh of Blackball. We rent a room, so I called the number and a lady told me, um, How much is and you have to come and see the room. I was like, okay, where is the room? So I went to the room. It was like this little. And she was like $400. I was like, here. I give the money to her. And I started my new life. Um, I don't want to go out. I was so scared. Because I was like, I was so panicked that he was not high or, you know, and the fear and yeah, pain was in you. Yeah. But after paying the rent, two months, three months, how am I so bad? 
So I decided to work again in a restaurant in my house. Um, I was there. It was good. Um, I was like that kind of person that goes to work, comes home to work, and no talk to no one. It was one day when it, when I was um, in a I was buying some stuff for my hair because I always love my hair to be like you know beautiful and and I found a trans person there that she was my friend and she told me um, how are you como estas I was like being gracias um, fine thank you and she was like oh you are so curious so uh, you have a beautiful body or blah I was like thank you. And here's my number, you can call me or whatever you want. I was like, okay, thank you. Um, but she knows that I was gay. But I called her because I was, you know, boring in my room. And she told me, I'm going out to a party, you wanna go? I was like, no, I'm, I'm scared. And she told me, no, let's go, vamos. I decided to go. She told me to um, Atlantis. It was Atlantis at that time. Now it's called Evolution. I went there for a first time for a gay bar. And I was like, what is this place? <laughs> but I started a new life, meeting a new people um, and talking to new people. And I got in love with someone else, but he didn't know that I, that I was, that everything that happened to me. Um, I decided to do my transition because my friend was super beautiful. And I do that my transition, she told me, you are so beautiful, you want to become a woman, right? I was like, yeah, I want to do that, but I'm scared. And she told me, no, don't, don't be scared. And she bought me the first hormones, <laughs> but not from the doctor, from the street. You were like 17? 17, no, it was, it was more than that. It was like almost 18 to 19. Mm-hmm. Um, I buy my, my hormones. I put my hormones, and after I buy them, you know, every single year buy one. I was working in another store at one time. Mm-hmm. And then, after like one month and a half, they told me, there is no work for you here anymore. You were- I was like, why? Because, the place is too slow, yeah, but I was like, yeah, but have almost two years working here. And they told me, yeah, but there is nothing else to do. But the main reason why they um, throw me out is because I was 20 months. And I was trying to do my transition. So, I live. And 
after one month, two months, I was looking for a job and no job for me. I didn't find a job for me. It was so difficult to get a job. But at that time, uh, my brother um, came from Mexico through here. Uh, he was here already. Um, and oh my god, yeah, I feel my transition. And there was no work for me, and I decided to, to do sex work again. Here in Rosalani, because that was my friend, Masuri. I didn't want to like do it, but there is no other um, way to you know raise some money to pay rent, pay food, pay bills, and I do it for at least a month. I mean a a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was arrested for doing that supposedly. Oh, for carrying condoms. It was like when I was uh, walking with my boyfriend through my house and police arrested me because they think that I was doing sex work. And it was a bad experience. Yeah. Um, when I was 19, it was on October 9, no, October 21, I think. Um, of 29, I mean 20, um, 2009, it was my friend, me, we was on, um, on the corner of 90, uh, 94th street, it was like 2 p.m., I mean 2 a.m. in the morning, and um, a homophobic man came, he was walking, and he started yelling, um, homophobic slurs, and you know, start beating my friend again. And she defends herself, and I decide to help her. I push him. He he went um, to the floor, and he was he was like stop and um, parándose, standing up. And my friend he was what um parándose. I don't know how to when you fall, mm-hmm. you know. I stand up again. Yeah. Um, he got back up. Mm-hmm. And I didn't hear when my, when my friend was, uh, you know, fighting with her and uh, and my friend took her high heel and broke his head. Mm-hmm. So I didn't see that 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 that, that happened. I just told my friend, "Let's go. Let's stop a cab." Let's go. Mm-hmm. So we take a car and he stopped car. Um, the a taxi, the taxi driver. And he tell us you're not going anywhere. So we we get out of the car and we walk through um ninety four, ninety fifth, and um thirty seven Avenue. We was walking. He was following us. But he found a broomstick, you know, if you do this to a broomstick, it's gonna, like, um, you can use that as a weapon. 
So we stop a cab, um, a van from one one fifteen police department, and we we was trying to explain them that you know we was a survivor of hate crime. Mm-hmm. But after his the letters he saw that we stopped police, he threw out the that broomstick and he walked through us. My English was better than mine. And the police started talking to him. And I saw him like he was bleeding. And I was like, what do you think? And the only thing that I said to the police officer that his name was Rivera. I was like, I was, we was the very north and he was like, we was speaking English and not Spanish, and he told us, I don't speak your Spanish. I speak English. Mm-hmm. So, he arrested us. And for that reason, for the fame ourselves, we went to Rikers for 19 months. Mm-hmm. I was in Rikers for 19 months. It was the most bad experience in my life too. It was super difficult. But after 19 months of of that and being like almost being deported, um, I found um, an immigration lawyer that take my case, and she ran me a T visa for me. What she went? Um, she she got me a T visa for me. T visa is for um, traffic and survivors. Oh uh, yeah. Um, I talked to her and. I told her my whole, you know, that happened to me when I was 16. And she wrote me that and she told me, um, you're going out after this, you're going out. You're going to start a new life here. How did you uh, get in touch with her? Um, there is a person that it's also... Um, she does. She she does a lot of work for the trans community. Her name is Lorena Borjas, and she gets in touch with her. We have Lorena Borjas. We have an interview with her. Okay. Um, she helped me a lot. And where did you meet Lorena? Actually, I didn't have the opportunity to talk to Lorena, but my other friends. Uh, yeah. Uh, she went to higher groups. Yeah, yeah. So. So were you at Rikers when you first were in touch with the lawyer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was at Rikers. And I went out. I was so happy of being here again. But this time with documents. I went to court, everything. I went to the to the interview with police of deep TV's a police, I think, I don't know how they call them. Um, and he approved it. 
can put the visa. I just get my um, my green card three months ago. Congratulations. Thank you. And I feel so happy. When, how long was it ago that you uh, got out of Rikers? Mm. It was 17, 18 months. But after I went, we went to board. Um, um, my birthday is on March 5th. Mm-hmm. We went to court on March 7th. And then the lawyer, the, um, the judge said, your time is over. Mm-hmm. So that's me, we done. So you were 20, 21? Yeah, I was 20, 21. So like almost 22. Three, two years ago, three years ago? No, it was more than, oh. I'm 27. 27, okay. Yeah, so it was like five, five years ago. ago. Yeah. Um, and it was my gift. Yeah. And after two days, um, I went to pick us up. He bring us to um, Baric Street. He take us fingerprints, and he tell us that we live in like in like fifteen minutes. We're going out. I feel so happy. Mm-hmm. But now, um, when when my lawyer told me, you're. you're your green card was approved. I was crying. But after everything that happened to me, I just feel like I want to do something new in my life. Mm-hmm. I want to fight against this, against yeah. that. That is the main reason why I'm doing my work. I'm trying to do my best yeah. to help others. Mm-hmm to help the future generations of trans women of colors because we live in a world that if you are a trans woman of color you can be killed yeah. and that's too bad yeah. and I think I do a lot of work I'm here in the world, New York I've been working here since I came out from Yale Tell me about how you first got involved with Make the Road. Oh well, um, they helped me a lot. Yeah. Um, they always went to to my court days, and the organizer that is Daniel Puerto always was always was there. Um, and when I was when the first time they when when we was at um, Barrage Street and then take the train. The first stop, it was here. I was like, thank you so much for all your help and support. I was like, yeah, of course. Um, so you're working with Daniel Puerto? Yeah. Yeah. And so, it was on, I don't remember the date. It was on Saturday, I mean, um, Friday. And then Daniel Puerto told me, you have to come next next um, next week. We having a a weekly meeting here, the big room. I was like, okay, I don't know. Um, my lawyer came also. He um she was here, 
-hmm. and she gave me a little cake <laughs> and then she celebrated my birthday with me and I was so happy. That was at the Queen's office here? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Here. And I started as, um, as a member here mm -hmm. at Make the Road um, and then as a leader. Mm -hmm. um, and then I have the opportunity to to have an internship that it was at like 15 hours that I have to work. It was like 300. It was a lot of money, but you know, I want to do something. And after that, I became an organizer for this community. Mm -hmm. And I'm so happy, I'm so proud of that. What's your job title now? LGBT organizer. Mm -hmm. How long have you had this job? Five years. Five years, yeah. And for people who might never have heard of Make the Road, could you describe it overall as an organization? Make the Road New York, it's a non-profit organization. It's filled with my house. Because we always have coffee, we always have um, people cooking. Mm -hmm. um, and we receive you as a person. Yeah. We give you a hug every single day. You need. You're not alone. And what's the range of the general type of work and community that make the road is? Um, well, actually, we have um, different kinds of um, um, community meetings. We have the LGBT community meetings on Mondays. Also, we have um, housing committee. We have uh, workers committee. Uh, we have immigration committee. Um, also, we have a, a youth community for homes for youth, and that's amazing. Yeah. And that's why I love Make the World New York, and also because I love Scream. And they have a lot of protests, marches. Yeah. And I love Scream. I yeah. just love you Scream. Love, you love to Scream. Yeah. Yeah. And. Since 2012, when I came out from Rikers, we decided to do the first Trans Latina March. Oh, wow. That was an, an idea that came from Karina Claudio, that was my supervisor at that time. Oh. And we decided to, you know, do something new, something mm -hmm. that we can show up for our community, where we can create, commu um, we can create community, can create visibility and resilience. Mm -hmm. So we came out from the first Trans Latina March in 2012. It was like 50 people walking um, by Roosevelt Avenue, and then you know that the um, second year, and then was a little bit, a little bit more people. Third um, year was a little bit more people, and this year we have five. Um, Hundred people that was with us. That was this week. I was yeah, Monday. Yeah. It was amazing. I yeah. was crying when when the March end. Yeah, I came to my office and my supervisor was like, "Come, let's give me a hug." Yeah, it was a hard work. Yeah, to mobilize a lot of people. Last year we have three hundred people, and now I was spending like three hundred fifty, but five hundred. 
Amazing to read about. What are the po politics or political goals of the Trans-Latino March? Um, demand, equality, justice. This year we was focused on um, hate crimes because we last year and this year we seen um, 20 attacks on trans women or against trans women. You know, this year we have been losing um, 15 lives of trans women of color across the country, and that's too bad. And also, we have a president that's saying that we are nothing for him. Yeah. That's why we want to, you know, be free, be who we are, we want to create visibility, not for the president, but also because we want to, that community that we live here, respect us. Yeah. And also I'm so happy because in one month, I'm going back to Mexico after 12 years oh, of wow. not seeing my family. Now that you have your green card, you can travel. I feel yeah. so happy, I feel yeah. so excited. I'm always like nervous. I'm always like, oh my god, I can't. Have you, how long did you get in touch with them when you got out of records, or how long have you been in touch with your family? After I did my transition, it was difficult to tell my mom or my father yeah. that I was not home. So I just contact with them for about seven years. Yeah. Um, but now I I called them like three months ago and I, the first thing that I told my mom was Mommy boy para Mexico. Mm -hmm. I was like, Mom, I'm going back to Mexico. Mm -hmm. yeah. And she was like, no, you're kidding me. I was like, no. And she's so happy. She's mm -hmm. happy, I'm happy too. Are they in Chiapas? Yeah, they still live there. And tell me about, besides the Trans-Latino March, the other organizing that you're involved with here at Make the Road. Um, we have our weekly meetings mm -hmm. um, every Monday where we discuss our topics on, you know, the Trans-Latinas issues. Is that TRIP or is trip. that a... Yeah. TRIP. Um, so what, what does TRIP stand for? Um, TRIP is a trans immigrant project mm -hmm. and it's a um, place where if you are an LGBTQ ally mm -hmm. person, you can join us to our weekly meetings. We talk about um, housing issues, uh, this employment discrimination, uh, hate crimes, etc, etc, etc. How many people uh, go to the meetings? Sometimes 20, sometimes 15, sometimes 30, yeah. And are they, are they outside of the meetings? Do they all know each other in a community yeah. or for, are they from different actually, communities or what? Yeah, actually, um, Jackson Heights has the most um, big population of trans women, especially I think some of them are from Mexico, um, mm -hmm. the moderate is from Mexico, so um, we're doing a lot of work here. Yeah. 
And you, you talked about being a dishwasher and then getting fired because of your transition and then doing sex work. How do the women in trips survive? What, how do people manage to have a home and pay yeah. rent? Actually, that's a big issue for my trans community. Because yeah. we don't have a place to work. Some of them have to do sex work to survive. Yeah. And also, there's a lot of housing discrimination against us. Because yeah. if you are renting an apartment, they think that you are going to do sex work inside of it. So, you have to change their minds. Yeah. You have to be more humanity. Because um, we are people. Because yeah. many people think that if you are a trans woman, you are a sex worker. Yeah. Well, we can do something else. Are there other kinds of jobs that people do besides sex work? Um, some of them. Yeah. But like, they like seventy percent do sex work, yeah. and the other percent do something else. What What sorts of things? Um. Sometimes. Um, Restaurants, hair salon, nails. Now there was a Make the Road project around a cooperative hair salon. Is this do you, what is it? Yeah, we start seeing a lot of discrimination yeah. on on the job place. So as Make the Road New York, we decided to do the first cooperative for uh, for the trans community. But we still working on it. Yeah. We want to, you know, create ways to to prevent discrimination, to to have um, tools to combat discrimination. Is it is it, has it opened or is it a plan? To what the the uh, cooperative the trans cooperative? It was the first trans cooperative. It opened. Yeah. But. After we see a lot of problems, you know, trans women sometimes they get so um, angry with because you know I don't know we always like that and as McDonald's we decided to not uh, continue with the uh, cooperative. Oh, so it was, there was interpersonal yeah, another org that is working with the cooperative. Uh, what's the other organization? I don't remember the name. Is that? Um, but. They are working with Ecopro. Yeah. Yeah. And are there, um, what other trans organizations in the city do you work with most, or LGBT um, organizations? I work with um, ABP. Mm -hmm. um, the Anti-Balance Project. Yeah, the Anti-Balance yeah. Project. I work with the center, um, the LGBT Center, mm -hmm. the Trans Latino Network, ACQC, um, Community Healthcare Network and some other orgs that you know we are close to them. Yeah, it's a very very long project too. Yeah, where do you um, imagine your organizing and trans politics and trans communities going in the future? I want to run for for our office. Yeah, you'd like to be a politician. Mm -hmm. I want to do that because I want to be the first trans woman. 
running for for office. Yeah. Because we've seen a lot of gay people there, lesbian people. But where is the trans community? Yeah. Well, if we don't give the opportunity to the trans people to change everything from there, from the chair, not from outside. We're doing a lot of work outside, but we have to do on the table. Yeah. Yeah. And that is one of them. And I always put everything in here and I put everything here. That's mean like wrong from the world. Have you seen in your five years of doing this job, have you what have you seen change for trans Latino people in Queens? What has gotten better? You mentioned Trump as something getting worse. Mm-hmm. Something that is getting better it's um, I think when 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 I when I start um, doing work here at McDonald's, we were seeing a lot of um, police brutality or police abuse. Yeah. Um, many people, trans women, have been arrested because you know false um, arrests. But after our work, because we have been meeting with um, one fifteen. One time they don't open the door to to have some meetings for them, but in one fifteen uh, we always have meeting. We have trainings, um, sensibility trainings. Um, so this is the hundred and fifteenth precinct yeah. of the New York Police Department. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is one fifteen, and we always do like trainings, and we talk about what is a trans person, how a trans person mm-hmm. survive, um, and we. We seen that there is no many arrests. Oh, well, but at one tenth, they're they're less open. Is that what you um, said? No, I'm saying that they don't want to like. They don't want us to go like yeah. there to do the same. That's yeah. with the one fifteen. Yeah. And are there other organizing goals or projects that Trip has been working on? Stop the hate crimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because 20 attacks from 2016 to now, it's a lot. Yeah. And most of them has been for one time. Mm-hmm. And then they say, I have uh, the opportunity to go with my members to do the report and they refuse to do the report. Why? Because they are trans, they laugh at us. Yeah. At the police station. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, Trip is, I don't know of another project like this where Make the Road is uh, mostly Latinos, mm-hmm. Latino immigrants, and 21,000 members working on many different issues. And then TRIP is a trans-Latina project within that, mm-hmm. um, within a bigger multi-issue organization. And most other organizations I know in New York are either gay organizations or they're trans organizations or they organize some community of color or a, a neighborhood. But I don't know another example of like a trans group within a much bigger community organization yeah how do you get how what's the relationship between trip and the rest of make the road like 
I think it's a good relationship. Yeah. Because at the Trans Latina March, not only trans yeah. march with us. I saw also, many we have a lot of members. Yeah. Members. Yeah. That support us. I do a lot of presentations about um, homophobia and transphobia yeah. uh, and you know sensibility trainings uh, to them and have them working because there was a lot of people like you know straight people marching with us having yeah. a sign saying I'm a trans person and I'm here to resist and it's amazing yeah, yeah. I saw a lot of old straight Mexican yes. people in the march like it was a couple amazing, holding yes. hands and yeah it was amazing interesting that seems like a oh, very yeah. powerful organizing yeah. model um anything else you'd like to talk about or include um, yeah I think we cover everything mm-hmm. thank you so much no thanks Andy. to you I'm, I'm, I'm I was saying this all and I really love it so it's a photo of a child in a stroller, and it said, no one should do bad things to people who are different. Trans Latino March, Hank, age four. Wow, that's great. Right? That is amazing. Okay, okay. so let's see. Thank you.